Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. I want to talk about this morning with you what you got. Look at your neighbor and say, what you got? What you got? And um, what we're going to talk about this morning, and I was thinking about this, and um, you know, for some of us, it's probably longer and harder to think back, but who remembers going to school and going to lunchtime, and you had, who had lunch boxes back in the day? Oh, I had a, as people get older now, they have like lunch bags, or like, they just buy their lunches. They're way cooler. But when I grew up in the 80s, I had a Return of the Jedi blue lunch box, and it was the coolest thing you could, like, I, it was my prized possession. I loved it so much, and it had a thermos on the inside. Like, it was cool, and so we would go, and at lunchtime, you would get your lunchbox, and you'd all go sit down together, and then you would open your lunchbox, and at some point, everybody wanted to start trading their lunches, right? Do you remember this? And the common question was, what you got? What do you got? What do you got? Unis have a tuna salad sandwich. Everybody's like, don't sit next to that guy because it stinks. You'd be like, I have peanut butter and jam. I, oh, my mom gave me like, what was the cool thing? Like Lunchables, remember like Lunchables? No, no. Before your time, after your time, bad for you. Well, obviously it's bad for you. It's processed meats. But in the 80s, it didn't. There, there was no bad for you in the 80s. There, listen, who grew up in the 80s? Who was alive in the 80s when we still had smoking and non-smoking sections? And it would be like if this, if this was a restaurant, half of this room was the smoking section and the other half was the non-smoking. Like it divided anything. Like the cigarette smoke just knew, oh, we can't go past this section because it's non-smoking. All right? Like it, there was in the 80s, it didn't matter. We were actually, when we were here laying carpet yesterday, me and Rick were talking, and there was a bunch of young boys, Landel and Josiah and Jaden were here, and we were talking about how different it was growing up in the 80s, and basically anything went in the 80s, and like now in like the 2000s, the 2010s, everybody's, everybody's much more sensitive now, but in the 80s, you could do whatever you want. It was the Wild West back then. It was amazing. Anyways, at lunchtime growing up, you'd open your lunchbox and you'd say, what do you got? What you got? You want to trade something? I got Rice Krispie Squares. I got, uh, you know, like fruit by the foot. I got, we had fruit roll-ups. Remember fruit roll-ups? Oh, yes, fruit roll-ups. I remember drinking soup. I'm just like, I'm going down memory lane right now. <laughs> Keep going. Keep preaching, brother. Keep preaching. Who remembers Super Saco? Oh, man. Super Saco was like this drink, like a drink box. Let me just tell you, it was disgusting. It was like straight orange sugar in a juice box, and it was disgusting, but you had to get it. You had to take it to school with you and then trade it with people. So at lunchtime, anyways, my point was at lunchtime, you'd open up your, your lunch box and you say, what do you got? What do you got? What you got? Let's trade something. Let's haggle. Let's bargain. I, I'll give you two of my cookies for one of this. And it was always, what do you got? And today we're going to talk about what you got. What do you have? Okay, so I'm going to take you to Acts chapter 4, and this is probably one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the Bible. The book of Acts is a great picture of what the church is supposed to look like. Jesus has ascended to heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit down, and now we're looking at what the modern church is supposed to look like. In Acts chapter 4, we're going to pick up here 
And um, in verse 13 is where we're going to start. And it says, now, uh, just for some context, because we're jumping in at the very end of a story here, just for some context, um, this is when Peter and John have been uh, imprisoned because they healed the guy that was begging at the temple. And so they've just, Peter has just laid the smack down and just preached the sermon to the council, and they've sent them away. The council has sent Peter and John back away to decide what's going to happen, what they're going to do with them. And in verse 13, we're picking up here, and it says, The members of the council were amazed when they could see the boldness uh, of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men. I love this verse so much. I love this passion. I love this verse. And he says, they could see they were ordinary men with no special training in the scripture. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus, okay? So here they are. They're like, here we've got these two guys. We can tell there's nothing special about these guys. They didn't go to school. They're not scholars. They're not teachers of the word of God. They are just ordinary men, but we can tell by their boldness that they have been with Jesus. I want to read this to you from two different translations. Um, I think we have the passion, right, Jaden? All right, so it says, this is the Passion Translation. It says, the council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John, especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who had never had religious training. Then they began to understand the effects that Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. The effect that Jesus had simply by spending time with them. I want to show you the Amplified translation. The Amplified is very wordy, and it uses every word you could imagine, but it's great because it doesn't leave anything out. It says, now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus. I love this verse. What I love about it is that it's a verse talking about Peter and John who are two ordinary people. Who's an ordinary person in this room? This verse is for you and for me. If you can look at this verse and say, hey, I'm just like Peter and John. I'm an ordinary person. There ain't nothing super special about me. Okay, now in 2022, there's something special about me. You can't say I'm not special. Yes, I know. I know. Yes, you're all special. We're all made in the image of God. Yes, you're a wonderful person. Don't hear me saying that. But in the context of this verse, it's saying these were ordinary people. They hadn't gone to Bible school. They hadn't spent their life. They weren't career students. They weren't living their life devouring the word of God. What they had was they had spent time with Jesus and that time they spent with Jesus had changed them and I love this verse because if time with Jesus changed them it means that time with Jesus can change us and it says we can tell there's something different about these guys there's a boldness that comes on them Dylan, there's a boldness that will come on you when you spend time with Jesus because as you hang out and you spend time with Jesus, you realize that there's a different way of doing life, that life shouldn't be lived as normal. Like, it's not life as you know it. Every day you go through and you do the same things over and over again. It's a new life. It's in a new way. It's a new day. And as you spend time with Jesus, you are transformed. Listen, there's a saying that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Have you heard that before? Well, it's really true because who you spend time with is who you become like. Have you ever noticed that? 
The people you hang out with is who you begin to dress the same, you begin to talk the same, you begin to act the same. Uh, among like the staff here, I've been using the word janky a lot, and we're using the word janky. All of us are using the word janky a lot, aren't we? Because who you spend time with is who you become. And as you spend time with Jesus, you begin to become transformed and changed, and you become like him. And so it says, we can tell these were ordinary people that were transformed and changed in the presence of Jesus. And that excites me because I am an ordinary person. Marco is an ordinary person. Jean is an ordinary person. Darlene is an ordinary person. Marina is an ordinary person. Chad is an ordinary person. But when you get into the presence of God and you just merely spend time with him, something happens. What you got? What you got? So flip a page backwards, and let's go to chapter 3. We're reverse engineering this story. We're going backwards. I like going backwards in the stories for some reason. Acts chapter 3. We read this last week if you were here with us, and Jacob did a great job making a point out of it, but we're going to go over it again. We're going to talk about this for a second. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. You got to go to prayer. You got to pray. This isn't even in my notes. This isn't even my point on message today. This isn't anything other than just a random side note that praying is important. Prayer changes everything. Prayer is your conversation with the Lord. Prayer is you spending time in his presence where he begins to work in you and through you, begins to change you, begins to mold you and shape you more into his image. Listen. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, you cannot afford not to pray. You can't afford not to spend time in his presence. So these boys were on the way to church to go and pray. And as they approached the temple, a man was put beside the temple gate, the one they called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from people going into the temple. Now, we know later on in this chapter, in chapter 4, it says this man was lame from birth. For 40 years, this guy had been lame and been begging. And he says, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, uh, he asked them for some money because that's what he did. That was what he did every day. And Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said to him, he said, look at us. And the lame man looked at them eagerly expecting some money because he's like, hey, I need, I need something. Uh, do you have any money? Can you spare some change? Can you help a brother out? Can you hook me up? Can you, you got something you can give to me? Can you help me? And Peter stops, and the Bible says that Peter looked at him. He, the Bible says that Peter looked at him intently, and he stops, and he actually stares at this guy, and he says, look at me. And the guy looks up, and he says, I got one. I'm going to get something from this guy. There was expectation. He was ready to receive. Here's another side note for you. Are your eyes and ears open as you walk through your life for people that cry out to you for help? Or are you so busy going about your own life that you don't hear anybody and you don't see anything but your own needs and your own problems? See, as followers of Jesus, you're called to give away what you've received. You've received life You've been changed, you've been transformed, you've been set free. 
And so as you navigate through your life, as you go to school, as you go to your jobs, as you spend time with your family, as you go to the grocery store, your ears and your eyes, just like Jesus, the person that we're called to be spending time with and hanging out with, and as you spend time with somebody, you're made more and more like them. As you spend time with them, as you go through your life, your eyes and your ears should be attuned to the cries around you so that you can meet those needs of those people that you come encounter with. Thanks, Harry. Um, am I, are me and Harry alone in here? So Peter looks at this guy. He says, look at me. Look at me. I want to tell you something. I got something for you. I want to tell you something. Look at me. So the guy looks up at Peter expecting to receive something. He says he was expecting to receive some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. Can you imagine the letdown that dude felt in that moment? Look at me. I don't have anything for you. I don't have any money for you. Then he says, but what I do have, I'll give you. He says, in the New Living, he says, I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. I'll give you what I have. What do you got? Now, it begs the question right here, what did Peter and John have to give away? And Peter says, what I have, I'll give you what I've got. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Let's look at this. we got two translations then uh, Peter said, I don't have any money, but I'll give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. That's the Passion Translation. This is the Amplified, correct? Yep. He says, but Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name, the authority, the power of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Begin now to walk, and I love this part, and go on walking. Get up and walk. And go on walking. See, here's the thing. When God works in your life, it's a go on walking kind of work. When God works in your life, he does something. I'm going to work in your life. And here he goes. He works. And then it's meant to continue on and on and on. It's not just like a Cinderella type thing where come home at midnight because you're going to turn back into a pumpkin. God works in your life. And it's meant to go on and on and on. Get up and walk and go on walking until you can't walk no more and you're home in heaven. Listen, there's some of you in, your, in this room, listen, there's some of you in this room that God is wanting to work in your life, and he's wanting to work from A to Z, and you're saying, I'll let you work from A to D, God, but he's like, no, 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 I want to work A to Z. Let him work in your life, because he says, get up and walk, and go on walking. I want to take you from A to Z. Allow the Lord to work fully in your life the way that he desires. Don't put limitations on what God can do for you. Don't put limitations on what God wants to do for you. Hmm. Okay. So the question is, what did Peter have to say, what I do have, I'll give to you? I'll do have, what I do have, I'll give to you. So here's the answer. Here's what Peter had. Here's what John had. And here's what all of us need. Peter and John had an understanding and a revelation of who Jesus was and is. And they also had an understanding and revelation of who Jesus had called them to be. 
And with that understanding of who Jesus was and who Jesus is and who Jesus wants to be to other people, and coupled that with the revelation and understanding of who Jesus called Peter and John to be, they knew that they could work in the name of Jesus, using his name and his authority, and that God would continue to do the same works and miracles that he had done when Jesus was on the earth. So that means for you and me, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that if we have an understanding and revelation of who Jesus was and who Jesus still is today and what Jesus still wants to do, and we have the revelation of who Jesus has called us to be, who Jesus says that you are, then you also can walk around to people and say, I don't have money to give you, but what I do have, I'll give you. And what I have is an understanding of who God is. What I have is an understanding of who God wants to be to you. What I have is revelation of how God worked in my life, how God fixed my marriage, how God healed my health, how God restored my mind, how God worked in my finances. I have a revelation of that. I have a revelation of what he did for me. And if he did it for me, I know that he'll do it for you. You see, in John chapter 5 is the story of Jesus healing the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. Do you know this story? And Peter and John were there. And so they saw Jesus. They walked around for Jesus, with Jesus for three and a half years. They spent time with him on an ongoing process, on a daily basis, where they watched Jesus work, they watched Jesus move, they watched Jesus go to the pool of Bethesda and find this man who had been lame for 38 years, laying at the edge of the pool. They watched Jesus walk up to him and say, do you want to be made healed? And the guy says, well, I do, but I don't have anybody to carry me to the pool. When the angel comes and stirs the water, everybody else gets there before me, and so they get healed, but I'm stuck sitting over here on the on the whatever these things are called stairs I sit on the stairs by myself and I can't get there because I'm lame and Jesus says get up take your mat and go home and the guy just says okay and he gets up rolls up his mat and begins to walk home don't you imagine if you had spent time with Jesus and you had walked around with Jesus like say, say Cherokee is Jesus and we spend time walking around together and I'm watching her do all these miracles and I'm physically there watching them. And then one day Jesus is gone. He's gone to heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit down. And, and then you see a similar uh, scenario present itself. Wouldn't you say to yourself, hmm, well, I've been here before. I've seen what Jesus did. I know what Jesus wants to do. So let's just say in the name of Jesus over this circumstance and see this person be set free. Let's just declare Jesus over, over the broken families. Let's just declare Jesus over the broken homes. Let's just declare Jesus over broken relationships and broken marriages because I know that's what the heart of the Father is. Let's just declare Jesus over sick bodies Let's just declare the name of Jesus over broken finances. Let's just declare Jesus over everything and watch and see what he does. I 
think the problem is some of us have forgotten what Jesus wants to do. I think that's the honest problem. And I think that stems from probably not hanging out with them. We're going to be a church that hangs out with Jesus. We're going to be people that know Jesus. We're going to be people that know what he wants to do. We're going to be people. Have you ever had to make a decision on somebody else's behalf because they weren't there? And somebody came to you and said, well, this, we got to do this or this. And that person's gone. you got to make a decision. And you, you make a decision. You're like, well, I know this person so well that I can make that decision on their behalf. You ever had to do that? Of course you have. We're going to be those people. Because in John chapter 15, I want you to turn your Bibles here because I want you to see this for yourself. Because this is an amazing scripture. John chapter 15, 14, I'm sorry. Jesus is talking. And we actually looked at the second half of this passage when we were talking about faith. But in verse 12 of John chapter 14, Jesus is speaking, and he says, I tell you the truth, anybody who believes in me, who does it say? Who does it say? Who does it say? Anyone. Yes, you're all like, is that the right answer? Yes, anyone is the right answer. (laughs) I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Let's look at verse 12 again. I tell you the truth. This is coming straight from the mouth of Jesus. Not Siri, it's Jesus. I tell you the truth. This is Jesus. I tell you the truth. Listen, I'm telling you. Cherokee, I'm telling you. Johnny, I'm telling you. Nadia, I'm telling you. Anthony, I'm telling you. This is Jesus talking. This is what Jesus is saying. Robin, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. It's not a man that he should lie. I'm telling you the truth. The same works that I've done, you're going to do too and even greater works. We're living in a day and an age where people need you to go into all the world, Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and begin to talk about who Jesus is. They don't need us to go tell them all of our problems and all of our woes and all of our cares and how terrible life is. Yes, we're humans. We have those problems. We have those issues. And I'm not telling you to bottle that stuff up. I'm not saying you can't talk about it. Of course you can. But what I am telling you is there's bigger things sometimes that matter. And as you go into the world, there's people that you're going to encounter. And if your ear, like Peter and John, is not turned and tuned to the lost... If your ear is not, if your eyes are not open to see the problems and the, and the needs around you, you're going to walk blindly by people. Listen, the Bible says in the New Testament that Jesus was moved by compassion for the people, right? 
So if we're called to go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations, that means that our heart has to be the same as his. That means that we have to care about people the same way that he cares about people. That we got to love people the same way that he loves people. That means that you got to stop thinking about yourself all the time. Oh, that's fun, isn't it? That's so fun, I'm going to say it again. Just one more time. we got to quit thinking about ourselves all the time. There's other things to think about. And in fact, as you begin to think about other things, you know what happens? You begin to forget about your own problems. I love that old song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his mercy and grace. As you begin to look at Jesus, as you begin to worship the Lord, as you begin to spend time in his presence, you are changed and transformed. Who you hang out with is who you become. And as you begin to spend time and hang out with Jesus, you begin to become more like him. And as you begin to stare at his face, as you begin to look at him, as you begin to stare and gaze upward, all these problems, all these things around you, they begin to fade away. They're not as big and they're not as scary as you once thought they were. Why? Because the name of Jesus is the name that is above every other name. So it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter this big, hard problem you thought you had. Because as you come into the presence of the Lord, you are coming face to face with the one who is greater than every problem you have to face. And so you're able to say, I bring this to you. And he says, okay, watch me move on your behalf. What do you got? What do you have? Do you have an understanding and a revelation of who Jesus was and who Jesus still is today and what Jesus does? Do you also have a revelation of who you are in him? Do you have a revelation? Listen, Jesus was talking to the disciples right here. When he says this, I tell you the truth, the same works that I've done and greater you're going to do. Do you have this understanding? Do you believe this? Is this verse highlighted in your Bible and you say Jesus was talking to me right here when Jesus said the same works that he did and greater I'm gonna do? Do you realize that he's talking to you? (laughs) I don't think you do. Jesus is talking to you. He's saying to you the same things I did and greater you're going to do. Live the same work. Man, Jesus did some amazing stuff. (laughs) Jesus did some amazing stuff. I don't know about you, but I think people raising from the dead is pretty cool. I don't know about you, but I think if I was in the room and I saw Jesus rip apart some bread and some fish and just keep passing it out, I'd say, good Lord, there is something happening here. The same works he did and greater you're going to do. Casting out demons, healing the sick, laying hands on them, watching people be healed and set free and recovered. The same works. He's talking to you, Sidney Schmitz. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. What you got? What do you got? Josiah, what you got, man? What you got in your lunch? What do you got in your heart? What do you got inside of you? Do you know deep down inside who Jesus is? Do you know who Jesus was? Do you know what Jesus wants to do in people's lives today? Do you know that when Jesus was talking in this verse way back when, when he said it all those years ago, like 2,000 and something years ago, he was probably thinking about you. 
He's saying, Josiah, just so you know, man, same works that I did because I'm sending the Holy Spirit down to you. You're going to do the same works and even greater. Oh, man. I don't know, bro, but that's pretty amazing. (laughs) Sorry I said bro in church, but I'm so excited about it. Sorry, not sorry. Listen, the Lord is awesome. I don't know about you, but I'm excited because God is wanting to work. God is wanting to move. The city of Abbotsford needs people who just hang out with Jesus and know what Jesus would do at any given moment, who know what Jesus would say at any given time, who know that Jesus is the name. I'm just going to sit down right I don't know what I want to say right now. I'm just so excited. God is at work and God is moving and he is greater than anything that you're going to encounter and deal with. So I don't know if you got problems in your family. (laughs) I don't know. But I'm excited because God is working and moving. And he wants to know today in this place, here's what he wants to know. He wants to know, Gene, deep down inside, do you know what Jesus wants to do? He's the healer, isn't he? And he was a healer way back when, and he's a healer now, isn't he? And we declare life in Jeff's body in the name of Jesus right now. We say that he is the healer that by his stripes from the cross. And we know that if Jesus healed all those people and went around doing all these good works, we know he did it then, we know that he'll do it again. So we speak life to Jeff's body in Jesus' name right now, don't we? We say that Jeff is the healer of the Lord in Jesus' name. And we say, Jeff, get up out of that bed don't we? See, here's the thing. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe it? Deep down inside. I think we're starting to. I think we're starting to. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is what the world needs. The world needs people who understand who Jesus is who Jesus was, and who Jesus has called us to be. If you don't know who he is and you don't know who he was, and you don't know who you're called to be, who he said you are, you become useless. You become sidelined because you're missing the biggest points. You're missing what God wants to do in people's hearts and lives, and you're missing that you have a role to play in the game. You're not just the water boy. You're not delivering high-quality H2O. You're called to get in that game. You're called to work. God has called you to do something in this game. And he says to you, I'm calling you in the game. You're the quarterback. I need you on the field right here, right now, because I've said to you the same works that I did and greater, I'm calling you to do. So get in the game, run the play, and let's see what happens, because I'm ready to go to work. Stand up with me. I'm way happier than all of you seem to be. (laughs) I'm just so excited about what God is wanting to do. I'm so excited about what God is starting to do. Izzy, man, tell you what. Here's the thing. We don't all have to look like Jesus in the sense where we have to walk around in robes and do the Jesus-y type things. God wants to use us wherever we're at. So Izzy, you're in the world of music. 
God wants to use you there, man. God wants to use you in that fear, in that, in that world, in that area, in that sphere. God wants to work in you and through you. It's time. It's time. God's called us to go into the areas where we live our life, wherever that is. Because as you go into those areas, that's where you meet people in your life, in your sphere, in your world who need Jesus. And they need you to know what Jesus is going to say and do in any given situation. And they want you, they need you to know that you're worthy, that you're valuable, and that He's called you. That He said, I want you to do the same things that I did and greater because I put my spirit on the inside of you. Amen. Can we just raise our hands for a minute? I don't ask you to do things like this often. Raising your hands is a sign of surrender. And as the worship team just takes a minute and plays, I want you to allow the Spirit of God to remind you of who Jesus is. I want you to think of your circumstances in your life. And I want you to allow yourself to remember that Jesus is greater than those circumstances. I want you to think about the circumstances in your life and ask yourself this question. What would Jesus say about this circumstances? What would Jesus do in this circumstance? And then once you realize what that is, once you realize what Jesus would do, begin to thank him. Just begin to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for working in my life. Thank you for working in my heart, Jesus. Thank you for repairing uh, the broken areas of my heart. Thank you for healing the wounds in my heart, Jesus. Thank you for taking out that anger. Thank you, Father, that, that you are filling with your love and your spirit and your life. Father, thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Father, thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. God, I thank you that you are working in my mind and my body, Jesus. You are so great. I love you so much. God, I thank you that you are restoring a passion for you and a hunger for you. Father, we thank you. We thank you all across this place. We say thank you. We say thank you, Father. From the bottom of our hearts, we give you thanks. We're so grateful for what you're doing. We're so grateful for all you've done. We're so thankful for what you're going to continue to do. That you are the name that is above every other name. That you're at work when we can't even see things. That you're behind the scenes orchestrating. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you.
Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.